Hello and welcome to the April 10th, 2018 edition of Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast. My name is Mr. Joe. This is my neighborhood. This is my life. But this is our podcast journey. Welcome to Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast. My name is Mr. Joe, and it's good to be with everybody here tonight once again. It's been a couple of days, and I got a lot to report on, so to speak. This is going to be one of those episodes that's not the easiest thing in the world for me. Um, And you'll start to understand why probably about... 50 to 60% into the podcast because there's just no denying it, no hiding it, no way around it. It's something that has to be discussed and it's something that has to be discussed in great detail with my audience. So let's start right off the bat and explain where Mr. Joe is at in terms of his mental stability as of today. Today I feel good. Today I feel actually a bit manic. Uh, The mania actually has just kicked in as of, I'd say, about three or four hours ago. Kind of kicked in out of nowhere. There were no signs. There were no symptoms. There were no warnings. Mr. Joe just started to become manic. And when I say manic, extremely elated, extremely happy. Nothing in the world can faze me. As a matter of fact, something that's been bothering me now for Several weeks since I had the surgery has been my mouth. I've had some complications with with my tooth. I had the second stage of my implant worked on. A couple of weeks ago, I had myself cut open and I had the screw exposed and what's called an abutment put on it. And it is absolutely bothering me. I have stressed over it since the day it started hurting. And I have not stopped reading and thinking and worrying since then, and as of four hours ago, I could care less, and that's it, I got a dentist and a surgeon appointment tomorrow, tomorrow I will be going into the surgeon, and we'll find out exactly what happens, what's what's going on, and then we'll go into my dentist, I'll get my cleaning, and depending on what my surgeon says, we'll just take it from there, see if we can make the quote-unquote real tooth but I can't imagine loading a tooth onto this thing right now with the way that I feel. So that's that. Um, Again, it's been a disruptive part of my life, to say the least, up until four hours ago when I care about nothing other than um, just, I guess, my son, which is a good thing. I've been playing with him for the last four hours. I just gave uh, little Mickey a bath. And that's something that no matter what mood I'm in, I just want everybody to understand That is something that I do every single night. I never miss it. And it's not, you know, he's a baby. He's going to be a year old on April 25th. It has nothing to do with cleanliness, so to speak. It's more about just a routine and just, you know, babies don't really, I don't believe, have to bathe every single night. I never did that with my previous two children. But I've gotten into a routine with my little guy. And, um, you know, my kids are not with me anymore during the week. And they're older. 14 and 12, so I've done this all over again, so you better believe if if this is going to be the last one, and I seriously 
do not know whether it will not be or whether it will be. I just don't know if mentally I could handle it. Um, I, uh, I'm going to make the most out of this, make the best out of it. So, um, I believe I updated you all last time that I was denied full life insurance coverage. So that's gone. Not a possibility. And the other thing that I updated everybody on was the fact that this past Sunday was a very big, big day for myself and my wife as we wait an entire year to celebrate the Wrestling Spectacular, the event of the year which is known as WrestleMania. This is now 34 years that WrestleMania has been going on. And what I had updated everybody on back probably in my last podcast was that my wife wanted her friend to come over and the husband of this friend, uh, he smokes a lot of marijuana. So I was kind of against this whole idea and whether it's just about the marijuana whether it was about more issues than that. I've discussed that already. Social anxiety is a big part of my bipolar disorder. I was just in absolutely no mood. However, on Thursday before WrestleMania, so WrestleMania Sunday, it was either on Thursday or Friday, I don't recall exactly, I woke up feeling extremely happy and elated And I was in a really great mood. And my mind overtook my sense of stability. (laughs) I guess you could say it like that. But in reality, what I ended up feeling was I felt sorry for my wife. And I felt like it wasn't fair that she couldn't have her friend over, who she cares a great deal about, because I was being a little baby about it. So I woke up being in a great mood, and we were sitting at breakfast. And I said to her, I said... Mr. Joe's wife, I said, you know what? You want to invite your friend here? Invite your friend here. And I watched as a smile grew on her face from ear to ear, and she got up out of her seat, and she came over, and she kissed me, and she said, thank you so much. Everything's going to be fine. You're going to get along with so-and-so. And, you know, the husband, I said, I get along with him. He's a great guy, and that's the God's honest truth, everybody. I think he's a wonderful man. Problem is, Mr. Joe already slipped up once with marijuana, and we are drug addicts, and whether it's cocaine, opiates, alcohol, or just little old marijuana, we are susceptible to abusing drugs, and it doesn't matter how long, you know, everybody, marijuana has only been since January for me, with one slip-up in between, and that's not a very long time, so it is still fresh in my mind. Now, while I will say that I don't crave it at all, there's never a time, and this is the God's honest truth, since January, there has never been one single night where I have laid in bed or sat on a couch and watched TV and hung out with my wife. There has never been a time where I've said, wow, man, I wish I could be high right now. Never. And most of the time, it's because I feel stable, because my medication is working so well. So I said to my wife, I said, I'm not worried about that. He's a great guy. I said, you know what? I said, I'll deal with it when it comes. I said, I don't have to go outside with him. I'm not interested. So that was that. So what happens the next day? And I believe it's now Friday or Saturday. I don't remember. Friday, actually. Friday. 
So Thursday, I had made my wife happy. Friday, I woke up. Shades of the rapid cycling bipolar has now set its reared its ugly head in terms of a rapid cycling method. And Mr. Joe wakes up like an animal. And now I'm not talking to my wife. I'm ignoring her, not saying a word. Obviously, she knows something is wrong. And I turn to my wife and I say, I can't believe that you allowed me to do something that I was so against and basically talked me into inviting your friends here. <laughs> she said, what are you talking about? She goes, I didn't. I, when you said you didn't want them here, it was done and over with. You brought this up. Uh, you know, I, I, I had no idea that you felt this way. I thought you genuinely needed it. And what does Mr. Joe, Joe do? He gets angry and he says, you know how I am. You know how bipolar people are. We're back and forth and we don't mean anything we say. Did you invite them here? And she says, yes, I did. So now Mr. Joe is getting even more upset. Nevertheless, I allowed this to basically affect me the entire day. I was not happy for one second throughout my entire day at work. I was actually completely miserable. And unfortunately, this attitude of mine got increasingly worse throughout the evening and throughout the nighttime until it escalated to a point on Saturday where I could honestly say to everybody that for the number of times Mr. Joe has sat on this podcast and said to everybody that I am stable, that my medication is working, that I am feeling good, I will tell you right now, I can take every single comment I made about my stability away as far as I'm concerned, based on the way that I acted Saturday. Now, I will say this, and I've said this before, and I stand by this. There are times where my actions, and I will talk about my actions on Saturday, would have escalated to the point that they escalated to, but maintained themselves for a period of three or four days. That did not happen. Okay? I was pretty much over my temper tantrum within, I'd say, an hour or so. But what happened was Mr. Joe woke up even angrier. This anger continued throughout the day until finally I couldn't take any more. And I don't even remember what my wife had said to me that made me so angry. But it's, again, that bipolar rage that we all have where... We take offense to everything. We're right about everything. Before you knew it, Mr. Joe was screaming. Mr. Joe was cursing. Mr. Joe was yelling. Mr. Joe was slamming closets. Mr. Joe was slamming doors. I was stomping around the house. And then within seconds, I turned around to my wife and I said, I'm getting the F out of here. No idea where I'm going. Okay, now my mind is racing. And I'm saying, where am I going? Where am I going in my brain? I'm saying, am I driving myself to a hospital? Am I driving myself to my parents? Am I driving around the block? Am I driving to the zoo? Am I driving to a museum? I don't know where I'm going. But I'm getting the F out of this house. And she says, good. So that was all I needed to hear. Good? How dare you good? <laughs> you know, this is the way we act. And if you have bipolar disorder, you get it. You understand. How dare you say good? That means you want me to leave. 
I didn't say that. Well, that's the way I took it. So Mr. Joe gets in his car. I actually got in my car. I screeched out of the driveway. And for those of you who have bipolar disorder, you've been there, done that, and you've nearly hit the car in back of you because you pull out like such a madman. Screech away, drive around the block, throw my car into park, and there I am sitting there at this point completely out of my mind and stressed out. Now all I could think about is those two people showing up at my house on Sunday and me being extremely nervous, scared, uh, bored, uh, upset, every emotion that you can imagine. Uh, tired, worried about work on Monday, uh, worried about the marijuana, worried about it all. It's all racing through my head, and now I'm getting more and more agitated in my car. And my wife actually did call me, and what did I do? I sent a, voice, I sent a call to voicemail, but you get that sense of relief, if you know what I mean, where not that you want attention, not that you're looking for attention, but you want to be... You want to know that you are still cared about, that they're not okay with the fact that you just left, even though you acted like a complete animal. That phone call from your significant other, it, it relays a couple of different bits of information. Number one, they haven't given up hope on you. When in actuality, it's probably a smart thing at this point in time for them to ignore your behavior which to some degree my wife did, did do, because a lot of times when she does that, it oftentimes brings me back a lot sooner. Nevertheless, that phone call gives you a sense of relief, like I said, where you just say to yourself, well, she's still supporting me, she still loves me, or if you want to be a real piece of garbage like I have been in the past, haha, I won this one. Now, I didn't have the I won this one attitude. So what I did was I put her to voicemail and then what Mr. Joe started doing was instantaneously hysterical crying in my car. Like a blubbering fool. I'm praying to God. I'm asking for his help. I'm, I'm blaming him for making me feel the way that I felt. Saying I don't understand how you could make me happy and then from happy I can go to irritable so quickly. And this is unfortunately everybody the life of a rapid cycler. If we've, and I didn't even map this out. I kind of just realized what I went from, from happy to irritable to sad, all within a matter of three or four days. Okay, really three days Thursday, Friday, Saturday. By th Thursday morning, I woke up. I was extremely happy to the point where I was having my wife invite the entire world down to the President of the United States. By Saturday, being completely irritable, out of my mind, aggressive to the point where I had to get in my car and leave. And then ultimately ended up hysterical crying. And um, again, this could have lasted many, many days. There have been times where I would sleep out in my car. I would look for sympathy. I would, I would get off on the fact that my wife would call me all night long. Uh, and I would just keep putting it to voicemail. But this is not the way it went down. Um, I, I took a deep breath. I started my car up and I drove back to my house pulled in the driveway and then unfortunately my wife and I ignored each other for the remainder of the evening I ended up sleeping on the couch 
And I woke up about three o'clock in the morning and I could not believe that I was on the couch because that is something that not, has not happened probably in about five years. No matter how unmedicated I've been over the course of the last five years, no matter how bad things have gotten because of my bipolar disorder, my wife and I rarely go to bed unhappy or angry with one another. It used to happen all the time in the beginning of our relationship when I used to accuse her of things, um, when I was extremely paranoid and jealous over things. Many times I would sleep on the couch. This is before we were married, when we were just a uh, boyfriend-girlfriend couple. Um, some real bad stuff went on in the beginning, but since we've been married and, uh, you know, living in this home at least, let's let's look at it from that perspective, about two years now, we don't go to bed angry. And I could not believe that I woke up at three in the morning, I was on that couch, so I went right into bed. And um, unfortunately, we woke up the next day. And not that we weren't still talking to each other, but we knew at this point that things needed to be resolved, although nobody said anything, because at this point now, we still have this couple coming to our house. So I got in the shower, and at this point, we still didn't say anything to one another. The event starts about 5 o'clock, and now it's about noon, and I get into the shower, and I turn to her and I say, what time are they coming? That's my way to break the ice. She says, I don't know what you're talking about. I haven't answered her. She's texted me all morning, and I will not answer her because I don't know what you want me to do. You told me that if you if if I invited them here or followed up on my invite and they showed up, you were going to leave and go to Tad's house. <laughs> now, meanwhile, I had secured Tad to come to my house just to save me in case this guy ended up coming over. Tad is my best friend. Uh, and I and I wanted to Tad. I had no problem with. He he is not the same as anybody else. I'll have although he doesn't believe it, and he believes that I view him as everybody else, and I don't want him around. There is never a time in my life that Tad could be annoying to me. I always want him around. I had already invited him, and it was important that I had him because I knew if I ever did fall into this quote unquote trap where this couple had to come. Uh, I would need him with me. But I, apparently I had, during my fit of rage, I had threatened that I was going to go there had this couple show up. Nevertheless, I said, listen, I said, just invite them. I'm getting in the shower. Follow up with them. I'll text a guy, okay, his name is Angel. You text your friend. Um, at this point now, this this uh, the husband had already texted me and he asked, are we still on for WrestleMania? So at that point, I knew something was up, that either my wife wasn't answering her, which she confirmed. So after she wrote her back, I wrote him back, and I was actually very honest with this man. I said, you know, listen, man, I said, we've hung out in the past, and I said this all via text message. I said, and we've smoked marijuana together many years ago. I said, but I want you to understand, I'm on medication. And it's funny, because my wife and I got into a little um, argument about this, too. I had explained to her, after I had this conversation with this gentleman, that I told him I wouldn't be smoking weed with him. And she says, well, why? What did you tell him? And I said, what do you mean, what did I tell him? I said, I told him the truth. I said, I told him I'm on medication and that I have bipolar disorder. What am I supposed to tell him? I'm supposed to hide it from him as well? I'm supposed to I hide it from enough people. I hide it from my audience, who I adore and who I love. 
the thousands and thousands of downloads. That are, guys, I looked the other day and I have I, I almost 40,000 hits on Podbean alone. All over the world, people are listening to Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast. We have a huge family. You're the only ones I could tell that I have bipolar disorder. So I'm not going to tell this guy now. I'm going to hide it from him too. So I let him know. And I could tell that he wasn't being very compassionate. He kind of gave me a, yeah, whatever. He goes, I'm bringing my stuff. He goes, we'll see what happens. So then that angered me even more because I said, I'm telling you. I said, this guy is going to bust my chops. I said, I'm not doing it. I want no part of this. You know you could stay away. You know it. Okay? That's what she says to me. So anyway, 5 o'clock rolls around. They weren't at the house yet. About 6 o'clock rolls around, and then boom, they show up. They come on inside. Have a little snack waiting for them. Wrestling starts. The show is on. Uh, I'm excited because this is what I want to watch. To be honest, one of the main reasons is why I don't want anybody around is because I like to sit on my couch, analyze everything, listen to the to the announcers, watch every second of every match. And when you have people around, you 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 can't do that. People are loud. People are talking. And I get that. That's the way it's supposed to be. But it bothers me. I want to be able to enjoy it the way I enjoy it. And I can't do that when people are in my company. But I let it go, and they were there. And it was time to now suck it up. So everything was great. Everything was great up until this. And I am ashamed again and embarrassed again. But what good would it be? What kind of story would Mr. Joe have if he didn't have a story? So in a nutshell, without getting too descriptive of what went on and how I went about it, I smoked marijuana basically on three separate occasions that evening. And we're not talking a polka two. We're talking full rolled joints. I smoked with this young man, Angel, upon his arrival. Um, after my friend Tad showed up, I smoked with him a second time. And then I smoked a third time towards the end of the night. It was disgusting. It was appalling. I probably ate more than I've ever eaten in my entire life. Uh, the mixture of foods that were going down my digestive tract was just absolutely horrendous, disgusting. So Mr. Joe had a, a full-blown marijuana relapse. Full-blown. Now, here is what's important to talk about here. Is I have preached many, many times how... When you are on medication and managing your bipolar disorder, that things such as alcohol, and by the way, they were drinking Tad and Angel, and I did not even have a sip, wasn't even within my mind, just so you understand. I wasn't doing a double whammy again, okay? No more beers, no more two beers, three beers, one beer, wasn't, not even a sip, okay? Um, but here's what happened. Mr. Joe had a full-blown marijuana relapse, and I've preached before that when you are medicated for bipolar disorder, neither alcohol nor marijuana works. And I want to explain to you the purpose of this podcast is to help everybody to understand what transpired the next day, okay? Remember now, I'm on 175 milligrams of Lamictal and 25 milligrams of Seroquel. Mr. Joe woke up the, the next day 
and I was lucky I actually was able to wake up. Normally, my eyes open, you know, 5 o'clock in the morning. Um, I woke up probably about 5 o'clock in the morning, and then instantly went back to bed. Could not even keep my eyes open. Slept till about 9 o'clock. Mr. Joe hasn't done that in probably 20 years, okay? Um, I missed work. I called in sick. Don't even remember doing it. It was through an email. Have no recollection of doing it. Woke up at 9 o'clock, and here is what went on the entire day, and this is why it is so important. Now, I want everybody to understand, I had no ill effects of the marijuana usage while I was doing it other than me eating like an absolute animal. But as far as I am concerned, two things went on the following day based on my marijuana usage. I had what I refer to as substance or medication-induced depressive disorder. I was more depressed than I have been in the probably the last two decades, possibly three decades. I cried all day long. And let me tell you something. This was not a guilt thing. Yeah, I was guilty. Yeah, I felt guilty, but that was not the bulk of it. My chemicals were so agitated and aggravated, so off the wall, probably because marijuana is technically a depressive, that it brought my mind down so much that I was in complete depressive mode to the point where I cried the entire day. Meanwhile, we had to take my little Mickey for an allergy test, which don't even ask me how I pulled it together for that period of time. I cried the entire way there. I cried the entire morning. I, I cried the entire day. So not only did I have this horrible depressive disorder, I need everybody to understand this also. Again, this did not happen while I smoked marijuana. I had severe psychosis the entire day severe to the point where and now I have complained about or mentioned my psychosis usually when I'm in mania however it is possible to experience psychosis when you are in depression I have not talked about that a whole lot but it is clinically possible for that to happen it's never happened to me but it certainly happened to me on Monday just yesterday we're on Tuesday everybody just yesterday this went on and I had psychotic symptoms all day. Every single thing that I looked at and stared at was waving and moving around, almost as if, like, I'll give you an example. There was one point during the day, and I remember this specifically. I was looking down on the floor. There's a bed that I have, a little pillow, well, a big pillow for my dogs. And I was looking at the pillow, and I was my eyes were planted on this pillow because I could not believe that the pillow was actually like a wave, up and down, up and down, almost like it was sitting on a water, on the water and, and, and floating and kind of, if you could think about it, a, a pillow sitting on a water and uh, the ripples moving up and down. This is what went on and I looked all around the house to say, okay, maybe this is just me looking at the pillow. No, it was the TV. TV was jumping out at me. I had people army soldiers walking around me army soldiers that reminded me of zombies okay this is what i experienced now i will say by about 10:30 at night things finally started to calm down 
the depression started to lift. The psychosis had ended probably about 6 o'clock. It didn't last until 10.30 at night. And I went over to my wife and I said to her, these are the things that I need you to understand that happened. You already saw the depression. And I explained to her, and I'm going to explain it to my podcast audience. When you are medicated, you are controlling your chemicals in your brain. You are preventing them from going up and down. You need a mood stabilizer because your moods are, quote-unquote, never stable. That is what bipolar disorder is. So when you are stabilizing your moods via a medication such as Lamictal or Depakote, mood stabilizers such as that, lithium, whatever it may be, um, keep in mind that you are now altering your chemicals by engaging in a substance, whether it be alcohol or marijuana or anything else for that matter. So a person who might get just a little depressed or not even all at all depressed, you are going to affect your entire mental stability. And I explained to my wife that this is what went on. I messed with a chemical, a chemical that is adjusting my brain. And I said to my wife, I can never, ever do that again. And, you know, there was a point in time where I guess I was acting kind of cool, so to speak, during the night. And my wife came up to me and she goes, you know, she goes, I forgot that you are so happy when you smoke marijuana. <laughs> and uh, there was a part of me that believed that had I reacted in a good way, that my wife would have turned to me and said, you know what, I think you may need to engage in a little marijuana smoking again. My, my, my. That, well, she didn't say that, especially after I told her that I had army soldiers walking around me and I was hallucinating in psychosis all day long. I actually scared the living daylights out of her. But the depression that I was in, and I told her I was actually suicidal most of the day because that's the extent of the depression. And guys, we're not talking about alcohol here. We're talking about marijuana. That is what it did to Mr. Joe. It absolutely destroyed me. You know, the other before I looked up in the DSM-5 manual, I turned to page 175 in the manual, and they do have actually a disorder which is called substance-slash-medication-induced depressive order. And while I can't consider myself as having this right now because you need to be in prolonged period of time where you're abusing substances, and I am not, I'll just read the first paragraph to you. A prominent and persistent disturbance in mood that predominates in the clinical picture and is characterized by depressed mood or markedly diminished interest or pleasure in all or almost all activities. And then there is evidence from the history, physical examination, or laboratory findings of both, numbers 1 and 2. The symptoms in criteria A, which I just read, develop during or soon after substance intoxication or withdrawal or after exposure to a medication or and, sorry, number two, the involved substance medication is capable of producing the symptoms in criteria A. That was the first paragraph that I uh, explained to you. 
And I'm not going to go on on, on and on and on, uh, because what it does say is the symptoms persist for a substantial period of time, example, for about one month after the sensation of acute withdrawal or severe intoxication has ended. So you have to be doing this for a pretty long time, or if you're not doing it for a long time, once you come off the drug and get through the acute withdrawal phase, then the depression lasts for about a month. If that lasts for about a month, so let's say I engaged in my idiotic behavior on Sunday night, and let's say I was depressed for the next month, there's a good chance that we could turn around and say, well, you know, it's based on the fact that I abuse drugs. Now, would that happen from marijuana? Probably not, okay? Could it happen if I used it for an extended period of time? Quite possibly, usually not from one thing. But this is what I'm talking about when we talk about substance medication-induced depressive disorder. And that is why it is so difficult for, for those of us with bipolar disorder because we already are messed up in our minds, our moods already fluctuate in a way that we cannot control. Up and down, up and down. Manic depressive disorder. That's the former name. And when we are abusing substances, we are giving ourselves absolutely no chance of controlling our symptoms. So what is Mr. Joe going to do from here? Well, Mr. Joe is going to start new, start fresh. I'm excited that I am elated today, a little bit nervous because I am 100% completely manic, but you know what? Maybe it'll give me the strength and the power to get to the surgeon tomorrow and be confident about it and get a good night's sleep tonight to some extent. I cannot even imagine myself going to sleep. To be honest with you, I could talk for the next two hours on this podcast, but I am not going to. I have to try to find some kind of self-control tonight. And I'm not exactly sure how I'm going to go about it. I'm really, really not. So this was Relapse 101. And I don't know if you learned a whole lot. I think what you learned, or at least what I attempted to teach tonight, was that the after effects of using a drug, or an illicit drug, or an illegal drug, and I understand that marijuana is not quote-unquote, illegal anymore to some extent because it's medical marijuana. Here's what I know, and here's what I'm trying to convey to my audience, that it still doesn't work for me. It didn't work for me this time. It didn't work for me when I was not on medication, and it's certainly not working for me while I am on medication. So I'm going to continue with my Lamictal. I will be upping it to 200 milligrams this Friday. And I will continue to keep everybody posted about what transpires in Mr. Joe's neighborhood. If you are living with a mental illness, everybody out there, I want you to keep working really, really hard. If you love someone, a spouse, a friend with a mental illness, continue to support that person. If you are struggling right now with a mental illness, kind of like Mr. Joe is, I want you to keep on battling and soldier on. Thank you for listening to Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast. Speak to you guys in a few days.